Hello and welcome to the very first episode of the Everybody Fit podcast. I'm Amy. I'm Kim. I'm so excited. I can't wait to talk everything fitness, diet culture, health, mental health, everything included and everything in between. Um, so when we'll start in our very first podcast with letting you know a little bit more about us and why we're in this space and why we wanted to do this so Kim do you want to start start telling us a little bit about your journey yeah do you know what we both have had so many conversations and they've always been really I think interesting and we both of us have got so much to say so it's like when when Amy suggested to me let's do a podcast I was like I've always wanted to do one and it was just it's just perfect because we're both so passionate about very similar things um and we have a hell of a lot to say about them and we have had quite some journey personally um with 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 sort of diet culture and things and uh um but yeah no so about me um I am uh personal trainer um and a body image coach and um I have a business called body image fitness so I thought I'd combine the two um and it is just all about improving body image and 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 I strongly believe to improve your body image you stop focusing on changing your body like and because that's the thing that's just by having that message constantly thrown at us that we need to change is not going to improve our body image it's it's about celebrating who we are appreciating who we are right in this moment because I think that is what ultimately is going to lead to health and happiness so that's kind of like me in a nutshell um I'm very very, I I can't do nutshells (laughs) I can't yeah, well, Kim, we've tried to record this episode like three times and got too distracted actually just chatting. So I think we know we know that like once we get onto a rant, it's not gonna go gonna go quickly. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously going into personal training, I'm a personal trainer. We're in this industry where everyone tells us we should look a certain way. Um, to look like a personal trainer and we should train a certain way and that's something that I think when you first become qualified everybody sort of falls victim to that I must tick all these boxes and I must I must have like so many calories I'm going to macro count I'm going to do so many sets and reps and this is how I train so what for you was the transition from that sort of lifestyle to actually this is not the best way to move my body and and this is not the best way to nourish my body and and move away from that kind of toxic fitness and diet culture um also for me it was uh I was taking part in a transformation challenge um at at a local gym and I um I was I was obsessed with exercise like I was I was going there at least at least six times a week and it all had to be intense workouts and my life would revolve around the gym and if I couldn't get to the gym I'd get so anxious and 
um yeah it, and it, and I was counting every single little tiny little thing that went in my mouth and if I didn't know the calories I just wouldn't eat it and I was just I, I have this personality you may have noticed that I I am um, I get quite obsessed with things <laughs> and then I'm like I'm, I am a very much all or nothing person so I am like diet culture's ideal customer in the fact that it's it, it has to be all or nothing and but then I think that on top of that with, with me getting to know my own personality and um the fact that the industry is very much like that all or nothing like you know this approach um so anyway I, I it was the it was the um as I say the transformation challenge and what you have to do what the people that won the transformation challenge for the final photos actually had to do in order to get that look of health um and it was literally the opposite of health and it and then on, and on top of that doing all of the training with the um the psychology behind sort of the body image and and becoming a coach and then um sort of as part of my qualification to then become like a, a coach a life coach and I hate saying life coach um no offense to anyone that is a life coach that's listening um but um I just yeah so so well I did that bit out <laughs> <laughs> but no so I, uh, I I interviewed I interviewed lots of people from all over the place all over the world as part of my qualification you had to get 100 hours in in order to pass um, and get the qualification so I was I was speaking to people from all over the world and they were all saying the same things about their bodies and about how they feel and it all just kind of like came together and then the more I looked into body image the more I started coming across intuitive eating and health at every size and everything that it all all said I could so relate and I was like yes this is there is another way to live and so then I got angry and created this PT dick character that I rant about a lot on my social media because it's like representation of the dicks that are, that are selling you this dream that like you know and, and and I wish that you know it's no sometimes I say there's no point in having regrets but going back um and telling myself like you don't need to live like this like that you know you're fine you're fine the way you are but what about what about you Amy tell us a bit more about you because I could literally just take over this podcast and run, and I'm not going to do that. <laughs> oh, well, for me, so I I was um, a Weight Watchers girl, mm-hmm. so I was um, I was fat. I was was it seventeen, just over seventeen stone. Did Weight Watchers, um, I lost seven stone, felt great, and um, I started running, and. Um, and I've really, really enjoyed running. But I always, I am very much, I always have to have a goal. I always have to have something to aim for. So when I was um, losing weight, it was it was because of my size. But also, um, for me, it was for health reasons. Because I've only got one functioning kidney. So I, remember, I do remember my parents sitting me down one night. And my dad crying and telling me I was going to die. And 
yes, that was all overly like very extreme, but it was genuine fear in his in his head. You know, I was always told that being overweight was a risk factor. Um so it was just like one day something in my head went, Okay, I, I'll I'll actually start trying this time because by that point I was twenty, had already been Scottish slimmers, I'd done calorie counting. I remember starting at 12, my mum taking me to the nurse every four weeks to get weighed so that they could check if my weight was going up or down. Um, so I was already kind of close to a decade of a diet, like in some shape or form. Um, and I think in my head, I was like, okay, I've had enough. I'll actually diet and do it this time. Um, I'll keep the weight off because I'd already once lost about three stone and then put it back on. Um, and then when I lost the weight, I was like, okay, I need something new to aim for. Right now I'm going to get fit as well as being healthy. So I started running and I did um, a half marathon and then I started doing boot camps. And in my mind, it was like, okay, well, now I'm fit and healthy, but... I still don't feel like I, I still don't feel right I don't I don't love myself I don't love my body I hate the way I look I hate the way my body feels to me um and we went traveling me and my now husband um we went traveling for 10 months and about three or four months in I remember being sat in a hostel in Vietnam uh we we're in Ho Chi Minh City we were looking out on this rooftop across the city and I hadn't eaten and I got so anxious about what to eat the only time I would eat so there's all these amazing street markets all this fantastic food and I was going and buying packet noodles and had a travel kettle and I would let myself eat packet noodles once a day and I would live on fruit if I wasn't eating the packet noodles because I was too scared because I didn't know the points in anything <laughs> That was literally, so you're in all these amazing places and I, I was just not, I was not enjoying it at all. And I remember him saying to me, I just don't know what to do. I don't know how to help you anymore. I need to, I need to speak to someone because I need someone to tell me what to do. And I cried and cried. I was like, no, 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 I'll get better. I'll get better. Um, and I didn't, I just, I pretty much coasted and it would be the case of once every two weeks I was allowed to eat something that was fresh food, mm. like once every two weeks, unless it was a salad, I was allowed salads, mm. but it was, it was so difficult. Um, looking back now, again, you, you say you shouldn't have any regrets, mm. but I do because that was the most amazing 10 months of my life. But it was also the hardest because I was exhausted because I wasn't eating enough and we were traveling. So we're walking around all of these places, seeing all these fantastic things, meeting these amazing people. Um, and I was living, but I wasn't really letting myself live. So then I came home and I got a personal trainer and, and they taught me about like macros and strength training. And I was like, great, this is a new lease of life. Now I can start living like this. But actually, I just moved from one diet to another diet. Because it was like, in my head, well, macros give me way more flexibility because X, Y, Z. 
yeah. and it, it hadn't worked. Um, so we, um, we in the, this time, had come back and bought a house, um, and I had started a job. But I think after about a year of doing PT, I, I realised that I actually loved exercise, and I, I do love exercise. It's what I do in personal training. I, I train and run classes, do online, and um, but I still I knew that my relationship with food wasn't right. And we got married and decided to start trying for a baby. And when we started trying, I came off the pill and I had no period. Mm. And for a very long time, we thought that my period was because of um, reds, which basically is overtraining, undereating, and you lose your period. So the opportunity to get pregnant is not there. Um, so I spent a long time blaming myself for that. And it was from that that I really started to work on my relationship with food and exercise. And I'd seen a few things about intuitive eating and intuitive movement and people who would help at every size aligned. Um, and lockdown, I think, made a massive difference because all of these trainers came together in a, in a group who were looking for like-minded trainers to try and sort of I want to say fight the patriarchy but it, it wasn't it was just because we were like why is this even a thing why is it that everybody thinks that it's got to be about changing your body um this is a very long see you do long-winded, I do long-winded. <laughs> it's also um, interesting it's fascinating so carry on yeah. well now that's 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 kind of how I not fell into it but for me it was kind of a bit of an arduous journey mm-hmm. um and as as well it continues to be that kind of journey because what actually happened in the end was we found out it's nothing to do with my training and my eating and um, I've actually got polycystic ovaries and endometriosis mm-hmm. um, and I get hormonal cysts on my ovaries so um Long story short, the lining of my womb doesn't thicken up. I don't have periods, that's why, because there's nothing there um, to come away. And we ended up having IVF, and now I've got a little girl. So that's all kind of worked out. But kind of, well, it's definitely worked out. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, for me, it's sort of, I'm consistently walking a tightrope because one side of my brain is like, eat intuitively, eat what you want and, and move however you want but all that kind of stuff but also polycystic ovaries it makes it very difficult to maintain your weight without thinking about all of these things mm. and in the middle is um, you've got a lot of issues with your kidneys and if you're putting more pressure on your body by gaining weight mm. then that's got health implications so it's kind of it's it's very difficult in my brain for me to just consistently let go and it's not that I don't it's not that I'm not back in the days where I count all of the mushrooms that go into my stir fry and eat it for every single thing and I've got to log that one calorie pot of jelly I need to log like it's not that bad but I think for me, intuitive eating is very different to mm-hmm. someone else's intuitive eating. And I'm okay with that. Yeah. But it's hard as well because you don't 
want your children to pick up on that which I know I've got I've got my little girl and you've got a, a son and, and yeah. neither of us want our kids to grow up in this culture so mm-hmm. yeah it's hard it's hard but I think it's hard for everybody and we need to acknowledge that because I think in the waving the intuitive eating an intuitive movement flag is great but so many trainers are doing it and very few are raising their hands and going I'm doing it I'm really trying it but actually it's really freaking hard as well like I I have really hard days with it I really struggle with it and I struggle with my body image on on bad days and we all have bad body image days we all have bad diet culture days and and you all fall into the traps as well like I've got anxiety and when my anxiety is heightened that's when everything else starts to sort of fall by the wayside so if mm-hmm. something is really stressing me out I turn I, I still have that little vice of okay I'll, I'll turn to exercise or I'll turn to yeah. like control with my food but now it looks more like okay I'll go for a walk rather than okay I'm gonna spend an hour in the gym lifting weights followed by doing a cardio workout followed by then doing a walk because it's now you I know my triggers and and listening mm. to to my my inner my, my inner self yeah um, and yeah. I think that's important like everyone's got another triggers I'm sure oh, you know that. I, th- I think I think it's um I think it, it's so important to have that conversation of like you know, I struggle with my body image and knowing that it kind of normalizes it um, because I don't think people talk about that enough, especially not in, in the fitness industry. It's all like, oh, look like, um, eat like me, train like me, then you'll look like me. And, you know, and all, all this stuff. And it, it, these people, everyone, everyone struggles with their body image, every single person. And, and it's a, big part of it is due to the culture that we live in and what has been sort of shoved down our throats that you have to do this and 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 that there's only one way to look in order to be accepted and it's like this whole beach body ready thing that you know is is starting to kind of come away from society a little bit people are more sort of accepting I guess and and that terminology isn't used as much but it's still kind of used in sort of like the counterparts to it like um sinful food or um train um you can eat something because you've trained because you've worked hard at the gym and and all this sort of all these messaging which sometimes people don't even pick up on because they're so normal but they have they're having an effect. They're having an effect on all of us on some level, um, whether people like to admit it or not. Um, and it, and it, it's really interesting actually because it's like when you said when you discovered sort of the haze and like the intuitive eating and and even though obviously intuitive eating is 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 a struggle for when we when we've had a lifetime of of dieting pretty much and especially when you know what you've said about um, you know similar to me in that you if you didn't know like how many points or how many calories was in a certain food you just wouldn't eat it it doesn't matter where you are what you're doing and I, I remember going out for oh, numerous times I'd be out with my friends and she like I, she's never dieted like she just has never ever dieted and she she, she understands me 
<clears throat> but she loves food and um we'll we'll be going out for a walk and, and she'll be like, oh, let's pop in there, let's get a cake, or let's let's go and get a pizza. And like now I'm like, oh yeah, no, that sounds nice. Um, or I'll pick something maybe that or oh, a fancy instead. Whereas before I would be, I would literally be like, I can't. Like I have, I'm no clue. And I, I, yeah, and I suppose with the calories and stuff on menus, it's kind of, on one way, it means that people can, if they're in that state, allow themselves to eat. But then also equally, it's like feeding into that, no pun intended, yeah. of that that obsession and and almost like making out that it, it it's it's okay. And and, and it, you know, it, there's no judgment here because we've all been through it, but it's um yeah and but it, people need to be <clears throat> excuse me in the right frame of mind though don't they to yeah I think it takes you've got to be it's not even just that you've got to be like strong-willed I think with all the will and intention in the world it's just a right place right time thing because it was so long for me to say to myself there's something wrong you need to do something there's something wrong you need to do something there's something wrong and for me it was a it was a full-blown eating disorder I went to counseling about it and um I was at the doctors and you know the first thing the doctor does is offers you meds and I'm like how is that going to help fix the problem it's not going to help fix the problem I think there's such limited research there's limited service into it and services for it um but I think that's the same with anything mental health related I think it is king to say okay there's some sort of health issue it must be weight related Mm. rather than looking at a root cause of a health issue um but I think when it, it comes to this talking about this obesity epidemic and obesity is not an epidemic it's it's not it's bmi isn't even a measure of health so why are we then using the word obesity Mm. as a framework to say someone is healthy or unhealthy and there are so many bigger issues at play bigger health issues Mm. that we need to be looking at um so the fact that the now government are deciding that obesity is the focus it's just Mm -hmm. laughable really because what they're actually doing is causing more issues in my opinion they're causing more issues than they are solving them because as someone who has suffered with an eating disorder and still can be triggered I know for a fact that if I'm having a bad day and I went somewhere with calories on the menu, yeah, that it's not not going to be helpful for me because I will either go, okay, I'm going to eat that because that is lowering calories, mm. or I'm going to look at a menu and I'm going to go, I'm just going to have a drink. I don't want anything to eat. Yeah, yeah, no, exactly, exactly, and it, it's not, it's not getting to the root of the issue if people are struggling with their health it can be due to so many different factors and you just straight away say lose weight and then that will be and then you'll be fine Mm -hmm. is ridiculous because there's 
they are people doctors are missing so many things that are actually are that are actually wrong you know yeah. because the the answer is just lose weight and, and even the term overweight you know um, it's it, 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 goes, it goes both ways as well so when I lost my period and they looked at me and knew what I did for a job and said how oh, do you think maybe you should put a little bit of weight on and it's like you literally can't win I spent 10 years of my life with medical professionals telling me to lose weight now you're telling me to gain weight and at the end of it all it they've actually found out it's nothing to do with my weight and now, now that I've got my diagnosis, a lot more, I've got a lot of other things that make sense. Like I was, when I was traveling, I was losing my hair and I lose my hair a lot. And I thought, oh, well, it's just to do with the change in water and malaria tablets and blah, blah, blah. And my skin breaks out a lot as I've gotten older. But I thought, well, maybe that's to do with my diet and then struggling with my weight and struggling with my mental health. These are all things that are linked to PCOS, mm. but they're things that I would never have ever just put together. And also, I think we always make excuses when it comes to our health. We always find a reason rather than going, well, this is happening, this is happening, this is... and, you know, you wouldn't put them together. Um, but, you know, since I've, I've found out, it, it also changes the way that I train because I've got quite high um, levels of insulin. So if I do a lot of, a lot of, a lot of cardio, that'll raise my insulin levels up. So then in the back of my mind, that gave me another thing, another aim to help mm. me to lean into intuitive eating as opposed to, oh, but I need to eat a little bit less because otherwise I'm going to gain weight. And the reality mm. is if we gain weight, unless it's for some kind of health reason we mm. we don't need to be worrying because we are more than our bodies and we both know this yeah. this, is, this is why we do what we do and we want to change people's mindset and people's relationship with their bodies because it just makes me so sad when I've got clients that start out and they have such a disconnect with their bodies yeah. it's not it's not just about you know oh I feel amazing I feel great and it's not an overnight journey Mm -hmm. but it's someone messaging you and saying oh I got up today and after that workout I felt really good I feel Mm -hmm. sore but I feel proud that I've done that and I feel great that I've moved my body and it's just what I need or oh I got up today and I put on this pair of jeans that I hadn't dared put on for a while I put on a pair of shorts or just Mm -hmm. about feeling good yeah about themselves yeah it there's nothing you can't you can't put a price on that when when someone starts relating to their body in a different way and knowing and starting starting to even just realize just a tiny little bit that we're not here purely just to take up less space that's not our goal that shouldn't be the ultimate goal in life that shouldn't be what we're all focused towards and I just think you know, a lot of the fitness industry, the way it is now, is completely ruins fitness for for so many people. Um, and to the point where 
people who are recovering from eating disorders are, are being told to avoid exercise, you know, and, and, it, and it's like, well, actually, and I understand why, 100% understand why, but it it's sad because it's like, it's one of the things that could help your men, their mental health, it could help. But I know that, you know, especially with people that I've spoken to that have started their intuitive eating journey, they'll sort of, they're trying to reject diet culture. So that, so I'll think, um, I'll, I'll stop dieting. So if I, st I stop dieting, it means that I don't need to exercise because I'm not doing, you know, and, and, it, and it's so, so connected. Um, and it, it's really, I just, I just want to like, just change it, just shake everyone and be like, just stop it, you're ruining it, you're ruining it. Stop referring to bodies, stop referring to exercise as a way, as just to change it. And there's no judgment. If you want to change your body, you know, that's absolutely fine, but it, it, it's approaching it at an angle where it's going to benefit your, your mental and physical health. Um, and, and to the point where it doesn't become the only thing and that you put all your all of your worth and you've only you're only succeeding in life because you've achieved this this different size or weight or shape and and that's where it's you know I think it's important to kind of yeah just kind of say it it's you know and and and, and it, the thing is is if people want to lose weight it's completely understandable due to the culture that we're in and you know and 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 if there's, if there's actual proven health issues like what you've spoken about um then yeah but but doing it in a way that's gonna as I say benefit benefit yeah, and I, I don't think there's anything wrong with wanting to lose weight to change the way that you look aesthetically if it if it makes you feel good but I think the the issue comes when you believe that losing weight is going to change your life it's going to change everything because for me I remember just looking at myself in the mirror and I, I, I had a, 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 an occasion where we went to a family friend's engagement party and I was staying at my parents and I remember getting back from the party on the night and I sat on the bed in my old room and I cried and I, I walked out onto the landing and I saw my dad and my dad was like what's the matter and I was like I just thought everything would be better I just want to feel beautiful and I don't feel beautiful and I don't understand why I've lost the weight I've done it and I just feel ugly and disgusting and I hate myself and I, I wasn't saying it for any other reason than it was just how I felt at that moment and I look back at photographs from this party and I am like I'm wearing this beautiful electric blue dress and I'm like a size 10 not that size matters but like I remember being like I'm in a French connection size 10 like that was that would be <laughs> equivalent to walking into top shop and getting a size 6 like yeah. like it was it was tiny and my hair looked great, and I had my legs out, which I never had. And to to see that photo, and I'm smiling and happy, and you would think 
that I felt amazing and I just remember this gut-wrenching feeling in my stomach all night and feeling mm. horrendous and I've just spent so long trying mm. to change that in my head and again it's going to be a lifelong battle but mm-hmm. now I think especially after going through IVF and pregnancy and knowing what my body can do rather than how it looks it's just you appreciate it so much more but you like look at you so your body image must have been really bad at one point and now you post practically naked (laughs) photos all over social media and and talk about body image like how did you get from like a to b how did that even happen I think it's because I'm still angry and rebelling against like all the shit that I grew up being told and I'm like fuck you my body's amazing here I'll prove it and I put it on Instagram my my parents are like you probably shouldn't do that (laughs) (laughs) but it's like um, your body yeah like and it's it's I, I I don't know I I I think that it's it's out of anger but but passion so so the anger's being turned into passion of like I, I I've spent so much time hating this body and actually like I it, it's not bad you know um and, and I think as well like it helps people to see different types of bodies especially in the fitness industry um and the thing is is like going back to what you were saying is that like you, you know when you try and you try and you try and you get to that point that you've been trying to get to and you you expect because you've been told that everything's going to change you know um you, you're going to automatically be happy and, and healthy and, and the world's going to fall at your feet and like I've I've been at that that point where I've been striving to get and I was the most I was so unhealthy um mentally and physically but and, and I was the smallest that I'd been and I still wasn't good enough because I had still had my personal trainer at the time saying no one's going to take you seriously because this was at the start of me wanting to be a PT no one's going to take you seriously unless you lose more weight people don't want fat personal trainers and it's like okay I keep going but I'm so glad that I realized when I did because god knows what would have happened to me if I'd have carried on and it's actually quite scary um and and it's like you spend all that time and all that headspace of like and you miss out on so much and you're just focused on this 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 body this place that you're going to be in the future and you miss out on the now you miss out on like oh I'm going to start dating again when I'm that size I'm going to buy new clothes when I'm that size I'm going to allow myself to go on holiday when I'm that size and it's like but life's happening now and so that's kind of like where all of this like fuck you passion comes from when I post these these pictures of you know of being like and yeah so so I think that's that's where it comes from I'm pissed off (laughs) And rightly so. Like yeah. we've all we've all grown up with this message and, and it's 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 scary as well because you're like you want to change the narrative and it feels like you're one person screaming in a crowd. But I feel for me, I'm 
very much in the mindset of if I can make a difference to one person, then yeah. that's all that matters. If yeah. one person feels better about their body or even if one person starts to enjoy exercise, because I think that's another thing, like we've gone from like my mum went to keep fit classes and and like step classes, dancing and like things like that. So we've gone from exercise being a little bit of a hobby, something you go to do to it's something you have to do. Something that is an absolute necessity and it doesn't matter whether you enjoy it or not. You need to do it because it's for health. Health. Like, what the hell is that? Like, that—that that is why so many people get this obsession with it. And, you know, some some weeks I'll get, I will train every day. And some mm. weeks it's like, well, I've managed to do some housework today. Like, <laughs> like that is my exercise for the day. Yeah. Quite often I have got a tiny human on my hip and I've got a hoover in one hand and that, mm. that is life. Or my exercise is running around after her because she started crawling and she is literally like Phoebe Gonzalez and she is <laughs> everywhere. But that, you know, I think, and we focus too much on the setting as well. Like mm. we have to go to a gym or we have to go to a class or we, like, mm. what about just going for a walk or doing the gardening or doing like it's it's so has to be so structured to count now yeah like we've got these watches that tell us how many calories we've burned and how many steps we've done and how many minutes of exercise we've done and we've got these trackers on our phones and like everything is monitored by numbers and your life is not a number no even even with this sort of whole calories in calories out that so many personal trainers scream and calorie deficit and it's like it's not simple it's not our bodies are not (laughs) designed like that and if you've spent so much time in the calorie deficit, your body is eventually going to be like, right, okay, I don't, I haven't been having as many calories. I'm going to adjust, and your metabolism adjusts. It, it, it's just what it, it's what it does. It's like you're not going to continue going in a calorie deficit until you've got nothing. You've got no, nothing left of you. Your body's not designed like that. Um, yeah, and 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 it, it's this. Um, I was listening to a, a, a podcast actually on calories um, recently and it, the guy that on it said that like saying to someone calorie deficit calories in versus calories out is like saying to somebody um, how to win a ba- how to win a basketball game you just score more points and it's like well okay well how do I how do I score more points like, how do I get to that and what happens if um, like I break my leg what happens if um like that there, there aren't as many players and, and, and it, it's just kind of saying that is is just ridiculous because it, it doesn't help it doesn't help and if anything it just creates more shame because they're like people think then and I thought well it's simple it, it people scream like it's simple it's science this is it you know and so therefore if it's so simple 
why can't I do it? I'm, I'm, I'm failing because I, it, it is a simple equation. And you've got all these arrogant PT dicks saying this to you constantly because they're managing to do it because they're genetically like that. They're, they're born like that. They genetically have abs like without even having to do one fucking sit up. And it, and it's like, you know, it, it drives me crazy. Um, but it, and- it they don't shout about the fact that like 80% of your weight is down to your genetics. Yeah. And then it doesn't take into, into any kind of factor of individual circumstances. So like your lifestyle or your, um, your health or your habits or anything. But like literally if it, it does just feel like everything is a number if it's not your clothes size it's your weight if it's not your yeah. weight it's your calories if it's not your calories it's your steps if it's not your steps it's your calories burned if it's not your calories burned it's the number of minutes that you've had or how and many likes you've got on instagram or how many followers you've got or how many like everything yeah. is down to we've yeah a number and life is way more than a number but saying that and applying that logic is mm so difficult especially when you've been trapped in this space for so long um because for me I found it exceptionally difficult Mm. particularly through COVID lockdown treatment like everything it it was so so hard and I think in that situation a lot of people struggled with their body image as well because we were trapped with ourselves and quite often we don't face up to the things that are really bothering us and when you're suddenly in a situation where it's like okay I've got nobody else really around me to focus my attention on yeah you start to think and you start to analyze yourself and you start to yeah realize I I think as well like over lockdown there was this real push on like now's the chance to now's the time to improve yourself now's the time to really like yeah work on yourself so then you'd get all you get these pictures of like these people that have like built a six-pack while they're in lockdown or they'd lost all this weight and it's like look what everyone else has managed to do and everybody's dealing with lockdown differently and some people put on weight and then and then it's like once lockdown's over, get rid of that lockdown weight in time for June or whatever date it was, June the sixteenth, I think, or whatever. Get to that, get out, get down, lose the lockdown weight, and it's like just added pressure onto this shit show of a couple of years that we had yeah. of like <clears throat> just trying to trying to get by, not knowing what the hell's going to happen to the world, like quite literally, and. Uh, on top of that, you know, it it's just yeah, it's it's rather than being like right, we get we get to go out, we get to see people. Focus on that. Focus on the excitement. No, you're not allowed to. You have to lose weight first before you're worthy of going back out to the world. It's really messed up. Like how our culture is. It's really of messed course. up. But of course, because you've got to look your best to see all these people who you haven't seen for two years that really care about how you look versus if you like well and yeah. wanting to give you a hug and yeah. yeah, yeah, it was it it was a bit of a crazy time. Oh, well, but yeah. I, I feel like it's 
kind of divided opinion and it made this pushback culture of people who were like actually no I've had enough because I've realized that life is more than this mm. and I, I don't want to live my life like that anymore um so in some respects yeah okay diet and industry and fitness industry made as much money as I possibly could out of it making every diet on the air and every fitness regime known to man mm. the new COVID workout it's like it, it's insane but then also people went okay well you can move a little bit but you don't have to move loads because mm. you haven't moved loads for a very long time and you're still here and you're still fine. And yeah, you can eat things that you enjoy eating because, God, your favourite restaurant's opened up again. Like, why not let yourself go? And mm. I think that that was, it was quite powerful for people. Um, How did you find it, the whole lockdown experience? Because you were parenting and, like, teacher parenting, weren't you? That was yeah. Me. Yeah, yeah, no, it was, um, I think just like everyone, it was, it was just, just trying to get by, take it day by day. And, um, luckily I was able to move, um, to my mum's house. Um, so I had a lot of help from her and she's got, um, excuse me, she's got a nice big garden. Um, and also it meant that I could go off for walks so I could have a bit of me time. Um, but yeah, I think that it, definitely helped me put afterwards put things into perspective you know and and actually really sort of realize how bad my relationship was with with exercise and with food um before um and because of I, I was using the gym like a lot of people do to suppress my emotions and and a lot of people sort of say like gym is therapy and that's a debated statement um and and kind of I suppose quite controversial in in the fact that I don't think that it's therapy I think that it's a, a great place to go to help your mental health but if you're suppressing emotions that really need to be talked about then there's not going to help you ultimately you ultimately you need to to still with deal with what's the actual underlying issue um so that that's my that's my thoughts on it but yeah I I was I because I couldn't get to go to the gym I I, I did find out that um I, I need to deal with this I need to deal with what's going on in my head um which is when I started sort of all of this kind of like body image stuff and and then um deciding to be a, a personal trainer and and, and everything and so it's yeah so um but yeah you how about you how how did you uh, not very well no. so we just before lockdown happened we found out that that's when we were gonna um that we needed IVF to get mm. pregnant um and we'd already it's been almost two years so just before, I think it was about a week before, um, 
everything was announced to shut down, we were due to go to the hospital to get all the medication to start treatment. And they basically rang and said, look, we don't know what's going on, don't come in. Mm. And then from there, within the space of like four days, I went from, I'm going to have this IVF treatment um, and like I'll work through it and we'll figure out like what happens and mm. um, I'm still going to have my clients and my classes and to everything was shut down. I had to move my whole business online. Mm. Um, which was fine but I kind of think at the time I was like okay it'll be fine I'll keep going you know it's just a few weeks and then they announced next week okay it's just a few more weeks and I remember baking loads of like biscuits and and cakes and taking them around and dropping them off on the doorstep for all my clients being like we'll get through it it'll be okay Um, and I just overtrained constantly because I was like I need to keep going did all my classes online started doing pre-records to get people moving a little bit more because in my mind I was like exercise is such a big thing for mental health Mm. I am I am very much I need to make sure everyone else is okay before I make sure I'm okay um and then it was actually my sister-in-law was pregnant and we found out that, um, you know, lockdown was getting extended again. And, and so uh, we were doing an online baby shower for her. And I had bought her a few things. And I was sat in the room sorting it all out. And I literally just broke. I broke. I can't even say I broke down. I just broke. And I couldn't breathe. I was, like, hyperventilating sobbing and my husband came in and he couldn't he couldn't even ask me what was wrong because I couldn't get the words out and he came behind me and just kind of had hold of me from behind on the floor just like trying to calm me down and I was just I was I was upset I was angry I was frustrated and I I, more than anything I just remember saying why doesn't my body work? Why won't it do what I want it to do? And I hate it. And is it my fault? I have a caught, even though by this point we already knew that it wasn't. And I was still blaming myself and still hating myself and hating. I was so angry. Um, and I think for me that was the lowest I've ever felt about my body. And that's after kind of you know the whole being at the bottom of the eating disorder and the whole being away traveling and knowing that something was wrong it was just the fact that we'd got to this point of almost 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 and it takes a lot as well to gear yourself up for treatment because it's not mm-hmm. just that the trying to get pregnant you have to have months of so when we eventually did start treatment it was um normally it's it takes about six weeks to go mm-hmm. from you start your treatment to you having your embryo implanted um, and we started the 4th of July and we had implantation the 13th of November. So is that the 4th of July 2020? Or? 2020 yeah, yeah. so, so we because we not... you're supposed to have you're supposed to start it in March but then is that so it was supposed to start in March? Yeah. And it got cancelled and then it got restarted when things started to open yeah. up again. 
Um, so it was, it, it could have been a lot longer. We were really lucky. Mm -hmm. And I know people who had to wait longer. It depended where you were at on the list already. Because we'd already waited some time to have treatment, we were about to start it, then we had it. We were higher up the list than other people, and it depended mm -hmm. where you were at as well. Um, but when we started treatment, you have to prep your body, so you have to go through weeks of hormone treatment, injecting yourself, and that's mm -hmm. really stressful. And then once you're finally at a stage where because it was our first round they don't know how you're going to respond to medication my body wasn't responding so mm -hmm. I was going to appointments on my own my husband wasn't allowed in and then they were telling me okay it's not worth we're going to have to do this we're going to have to do that and then I'd have to get on the phone and to explain it all to my husband and then I'd have to get on the phone and tell my mom because obviously my mm -hmm. mom would want to know so it's almost like it's pain and then it's pain again and then it's because you're going through all of these emotions and I didn't want anyone to know I was going through it. So none of my clients knew, none of my friends mm -hmm. knew. We hadn't told anybody it was starting up again. Um, there was only um, my mum that knew. And I can't even remember if we... Oh, yeah. We, so my mum and dad knew and his parents knew. And then when they actually got to the stage where they took the... Um, we're going down a very, very interesting route, not talking about anything... This is health now rather than uh, fitness and diet culture. But um, when they took the the egg out and, you know, they put the embryos in so they see if any embryos um, are made, we, that was when my womb lining wasn't thickening up and that was all to do with my polycystic ovary. So they were like, right, we might need to take a break. At which point I was like, oh, God, really? And they said, we're going to leave it over. I think it was five days. Um, and we're going to see how many good embryos we get and we might need to freeze them and then we'll come back to it we'll give you a couple of weeks break and over that weekend my um, my father-in-law was in an accident and he died mm. and he died on the Sunday and then rang me on the Monday to say we're freezing the embryos we're stopping treatment for a few weeks and mm. I was on the phone and I broke down in them and I was like, I need to give my husband something. I need to give him something. And mm. I remember ringing my mom and saying, I hate my body. Why can't it just do this for us? Why can't it do it for us? Why Why doesn't it work? Why am I so wrong? Like, I, I, I'm, I'm, not, I'm not doing anyone any good. I'm not good enough for my clients. I'm not good enough for my mm. husband. I'm not. And I, I literally, it wasn't just, it, it wasn't just, the IVF it was the feeling like the way that I looked and the job that I was doing and the person that I was wasn't good enough for anybody um and that was really really hard and then when we eventually did go through and we got pregnant and I had a huge bleed and I thought I'd lost the baby which thankfully you know she's here now we didn't and mm -hmm. um, but the pregnancy during IVF it's so much more you're just on edge constantly yeah. because you've got so much riding on it and then that sort of was difficult because I had all of my clients still I was still doing classes 
um, and I had to make up excuses constantly because until we got past that 12 week point, we didn't want to tell anybody. I was still on hormone injections. So you've got your pregnancy hormones plus the extra hormones yeah. plus all of the stress and anxiety. And I was trying not to let that because stress and anxiety then trigger me wanting to exercise because that's how I channel it. I was trying not to let that enter into my workouts. Um, and the food just all went to pot because everything made me throw up. Like, for, for like three months everything made me throw up yeah. um, but it now being out on the other side of it it's incredible to be able to say that my body went through that like any woman getting yeah. pregnant any yeah. woman getting pregnant and looking at your body change it's just insane because my first trimester, I lost so much weight because I was so ill. And what really got me when I when I was pregnant was the conversation about, like, I remember my mum and my sister having a conversation. And my mum was like, oh, you'll drop the weight, no problem. Mm. And I was like, I don't care. I, I, I literally, I could not care what I look like. I'm mm. growing a human. It's an incredible thing. And it's taken me so long to get here. And if yeah. I put on... If I put on all the weight that I lost before and more, I couldn't care less. Mm. I know I would have to lose it for the purpose of I want to be around for her and be healthy for yeah. her. And and like, given all of the health issues that I've got, I was happy. But I couldn't care less. Why is it that immediately the focus is on the way that I look? And all the way through pregnancy, you're so neat, you're so tiny. And then as when I had her, I'm sure you're slimmer than before. Like, really? What is, that's the thing. It's like the most irrelevant, smallest thing when you when you've literally everything that you've gone through and and, and getting pregnant in the first place is an absolute miracle. Like, absolute. The chances that we're all individually here like right now is just it's 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 pretty amazing and. It, yeah, pe- people do tend to forget the sort of the bigger picture, don't they? And that, yeah, it's it is crazy. And and this this pressure on on new mums to get your body back, and it's like uh, your bodies it's- have not gone anywhere. Like they've shown up. The the fact that, and do you know what? It really annoys me because I, I this patriarchy pisses me off anyway. Which obviously it pisses everyone off. But it's like if if men had to go through this then nobody would be like oh you'll, you'll lose your weight you'd be like whoa you've got you've done this and and, and they would be praised even more than that we well are now like it just it's so backwards you know it's ridiculous, the, it's the, ridiculous. and like I, I would love someone like if i had a baby and someone turned around my husband and was like so you're going to lose weight now? Are you going to, like, like yeah. why Why is it focused on me? What about what about all the men that eat double for, for the baby during the pet? I had a friend who did that. It made me laugh all the way through. Every <laughs> single time I went for a meal, he was like, I'm eating for two now. And I was like, yeah. no, I'm the baby. He's like, I don't care. I'll still <laughs> eat for two. And I'll enjoy it. And I don't even care. And I thought, yeah, well, yeah, why, why not? Why not? Yeah. And that's that's a big thing is you're eating for two. 
And that's the thing as well, I think, when you're pregnant, everybody says that to you. And it's like, well, actually, I'm, you know, if people want to use that and just eat whatever they want, go for it. If you don't want to, like, stop telling people. We just need to stop telling people how to eat and how to live, how to move, how to, like, there are far too many rules. We need to just sit back and let people live the way that they want to and enjoy life because... That pacing of the bodies. Well, we yeah. get so caught up in it, don't we? And it's just not doing anyone any favors. It this this whole like, as I say, like policing of people's bodies. It's 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 nobody's business what what you do. And you know, and even if say fat people are massively unhealthy and they're this burden on quote unquote burden on the on the NHS and. Like, even if that was the case, like, this, this bullying and, and is not, is obviously not helping. Like, this, this complete fat phobia, this complete, like, as I say, policing of people's bodies. You're obviously not concerned about the health, because if you're concerned about the health, then you wouldn't be bullying people. Like, it's, it's like if someone had something another disease that another disease a disease you don't you're not going to bully people and say oh well it's your fault but do you know what it's it's ludicrous and it's it's, people just need to stop stop commenting on other people's bodies and just just let people be because it's just not helping but I mean it's easier said than done I think there's a lot of anger out there um for whatever reason a long process because in reality we're sitting here having this conversation and knowing that 99% of people are sat out there and they will look at someone else and think oh wouldn't it be good if I could look a little bit like them or if I could you know I'm I'm jealous that they can eat the way that they're eating and as well we we focus on the fact that you know big big people as because people don't like to say the word fat, even mm. though we are the ones stigmatizing the word fat. It's mm. fat people in fat bodies because fat is, it's a, it's a it's thing. A it's a descriptor. It's yeah. not. We're focusing on this idea that fat people want to look like thin people, and mm. maybe they don't. Yeah, so yeah. Why, why is it a likely sell? And what about the thin people that want? To look like fat people because I'll be honest I've said it before and I'll say it again I quite often miss living in a fat body mm-hmm. I am I'm I sit here with thin privilege knowing that I've got thin privilege and I find it difficult sometimes because I know what it's like from both sides of the scale but now people look at me with thin privilege and think what well, you don't know yeah. You don't know what it's really like. And really, I do, because when I had a fat body, when I lived in a fat body, people didn't judge me for the way that my butt looked in jeans or how big my chest was, or they didn't judge me because I gained a little bit of weight or, oh, I lost a little bit of weight or I did because when you're fat, you're fat. Yeah, yeah. And that's it. Like, you're in a box, you're fat, you're yeah. over there. When you're in a thin body, every little single thing is nitpicked mm. about you. I think and the thing is, as I think that any any size body that somebody happens to be in is negative. 
there's, there's there's a negative to it and that's what that's what ultimately the problem is i think with with society and the fact that you're just never good enough whatever size you are there's always going to be something that you need to quote unquote work on like it, and it, it it's this it's the, it's the language of like um you know for example looking at clothes like oh that's slimming insinuating that you have to be slim to to be beautiful like you know it's all of it, it and and it it sounds like it sounds silly in a way because you just think oh it's just a word it's just it doesn't mean anything but actually it does it does and, and and the way that we speak about ourselves to in front of other people so for example there was um these people I used to go to the gym with these, these women and they were um much much smaller bodies one one woman um wanted to get liposuction one woman um was already like a size eight and she was really really down on herself because she's not a size six anymore whereas there was me who was doing everything she possibly could everything I possibly could to 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 be smaller and, and I just couldn't get smaller than like a size 10 to 12 um, and I was being told you still need to lose weight you still need to keep going you're still not good enough and it's it's but you but but then you've got like other other people complaining about their size and then you think well what what must they think of me if they're so tiny and they're getting liposuction and they're and they're they're really down on themselves because they're they're calling themselves fat in a negative way when you're and it's just it has an effect i think people need to realize that the way that you speak about yourself and 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 it, everyone has their you know everyone everyone has their bad body image days but like it's it's it does affect it does affect people around you as well like how how you speak I went off on a tangent then but yeah it completely doesn't I I am very aware of it now that I have a daughter because I think Mm. yeah it's it's getting it's getting to the stage where men are more and more and more impacted by it but I do think that a lot of diet culture is aimed predominantly at women yeah. and I don't want her to grow up the way that I grew up I just don't because in reality we can't win mm. you know the narrative is always changing the best body type constantly changes the yeah. best way to eat the best way to exercise the best way to ev- ev- like even clo- it's like your body is like a fashion trend just like clothes every few years it changes Yeah, and I think realistically the only answer is for us to learn to love and accept our bodies because that's all that really matters yeah I think that if we're constantly told that only one body shape is acceptable then no one's going to be happy because all very very few are going to be happy and even the people that are in that size that is deemed as acceptable they're still not going to be happy because, as you say, there's always going to be certain things. There's going to be this fear that the body's going to change, and bodies naturally change. They naturally change. We naturally get older. It's like this this thing of like demonizing age, but it's like it, it it's natural. <laughs> like it's going to happen. Everybody's going to age. Everyone's going to get potentially grey hair, wrinkles. Like, but we're we're so scared of it, and it it's 
it's ridiculous because it's inevitable. We're, we're just completely demonizing the inevitable. We should just put more pressure on ourselves. We should just making us feel more shit about ourselves. Um, yeah. <laughs> yeah. And I think you've got to accept that your body does change through your life because I look at my body 10 years ago and I am thankful that I am where I am versus yeah. 10 years ago. But most people would look at their body 10 years ago and think, why do I not look like that anymore? Mm. And wh- why? Because do, would you really want, would you want to have the same lifestyle and the same be the same person that you were 10 years ago? Because I wouldn't want to be. So why is it that aesthetically mm-hmm. you want to look like that person? But, you know, again, that's understandable because that's what we have said. You want you supposed to look yeah. young and... Yeah, it's capitalism. Yeah. It's literally what it comes down to. Is the whole reason why we we have this pressure put on us is because it it makes money for the big companies. It make it makes it makes you know diet culture worth billions. Health, yeah, health and fitness industry ain't worth two billion pounds a year for now, is it? Exactly, and and you're not gonna be buying their products if you're told that you're fine the way that they are. You, you're not going to be wanting to go and spend all the money on the keto diets and the Weight Watchers and the Slimming World when their marketing is, oh, you're actually fine the way you are. Like, because, yeah. yeah, it's... um, oh. it's <laughs> Anyway, I, I feel like that, that's a good a good place to, uh, to end. It's, I think it's, we've given everybody a... A bit of a, a long story. Well, yeah, an insight. And there's definitely more to come. Um, we, I think we've only just literally just touched the edges, really. There's uh, a bit of an insight into how our, how we how we think and a bit of our, a bit of our history. Um, we've got some yeah. amazing guests coming up. We're going to talk uh, through yeah. so many different topics related to health, fitness, diet, culture, and everything in between. Um, mm. And we are going to invite people to ask questions if they want to know anything or if they've got any suggestions of guests that they would like us to interview and um, then feel free to drop a message into either one of our dms on instagram we'll put the handle in the mm-hmm. description for this episode or send us an email and we'll pop that in there as well but and we do have I was going to say, we do have a website as well, um, which we will pop in the um, the notes. And there's a contact um, box for you to, to fill out there if you if you fancy doing that. But all of the episodes will be um, uploaded onto the website as well and the YouTube channel. Um, so there's lots of lots of ways that you can get in touch, basically. I'm seeing me swinging side to side in my chair because I'm not very good at sitting still. <laughs> it's all right i'm fiddling you don't you can't see what i'm doing just fiddling away with me <laughs> oh what a great first episode yeah no it is oh, and, and I've, it's, yeah honestly like we've got so much to say as, as you you've just heard <laughs> so uh we're looking forward to you hearing hearing a lot more from all the amazing guests We hope you've enjoyed today's Everybody Fits podcast and we will see you on the next one. Bye. Bye.